Good morning, welcome to Emmett Audio. I'm uh, wearing the 45 pound plate this morning, which I haven't been for the last week because I was worried that if I wore it during the dog walks, it would be the straw that broke the camel's back and would exacerbate things since I've been spending all day, excuse me, hauling 50 pound bales out of the tree farm, excuse me. And, um, but now I've been tying reeds for a couple days. And it turns out that tying reeds uses all the same chest and arm muscles that carving does. And the last couple nights, my, they've, they've tightened up and my hands have gone numb, which has been alleviated immediately by, um, by, do, 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 sorry, spacing out by stretching them in a doorway. But um, I figured it's a good reminder that the exercises I've been doing are not just for when I'm working at a normal pace, but they're actually even more important perhaps when I'm working with very little in terms of recovery periods. Um, for instance, I can feel the strain of working at my bench all day, day after day. It's not great for my back, particularly my lower back. Um, and that's definitely something that carrying the extra weight helps, just exercises those glutes and their connection to my back in a really good way and also exercises uh, the pulling back of the weight exercises all the muscles in my upper back as well because there's no waistband so hopefully that will help i thought i'd give an update briefly on how the intermittent fasting is going because it's been uh one week now wow, it's only been one week that's crazy. Uh, it's going well. I had a great deal of sadness of giving up breakfast and morning coffee and all that, but given how hard I'm working my body, uh, which is not healthy for like, like a good physique comes from the right amount of work and then rest. And a lot of things happen during that rest. And if you're working your body too hard, you don't actually... Uh, it's very easy to fall into bad habits and end up, after a period of working really hard, actually in worse shape. So I actually think the intermittent fasting is a great move for this period of time. And it definitely makes me sharp during the morning. Um, and then I definitely have to fight food through a bit of food coma after I eat. But generally that lasts 15, 20 minutes. And if I eat quickly and then take a few minutes to just relaxing, uh, that works out well. And I've been losing about a pound a week, um, which is right on the money for what you want and feeling good. So we shall continue.
yesterday I thought, wow, maybe I should just keep doing this right after the Christmas tree season. And then I thought, you know, that's not really the point. I think it's important when you choose a goal to not move the milestones or to not move the goalposts mid-play, right? Make it through the goalposts, then put your head up and reassess and decide what to do. But don't say, oh, this is going so well. Maybe I'll just start intermittent fasting from here on out, right? That's not a good way to handle situation because that's going to lead you to burnout. Which brings me to the second topic I want to talk about today, which is burnout, because um, something I've been thinking about a lot in preparation for this interview for the upcoming winter issue of Spoonosaurus. I'm interviewing for the Meet a Toolmaker section this guy named Liam Culbertson in Melbourne, Australia, who makes knives. And he has written publicly uh, several times about burnout and feeling like he needs to take a break from his craft. And as I always do when preparing these interviews, I take a deep dive through the person's Instagram and anything else they might have put out. Usually it's Instagram, though, where most people put out most stuff. And I, I really have to sort of sit with it and let it settle before I write out the questions because, um, well, because usually there's a lot to think through and I want to sort of get from them something that is uniquely theirs to say. And one of the things I've been thinking about asking Liam about is this idea of burnout and taking breaks and what he's learned from the breaks that he's taken and, and, and where that's left him in terms of his craft. I know for me, my initial thought when I read it was like, well, you know, for me, it's a big, big part of it is that I sell everything that I make and therefore it has that valence of supporting my family. And, and of course, that's huge. You know, I think when you have a hobby that doesn't have that, um, it's much more likely to come and go. Now, supporting your family with something is likely to come and go also. How many of us stick with something our entire lives? Very few, right? Careers shift and change, and what you did five years ago is rarely what you do now. But that's only part of why I think I have not suffered from a sort of major burnout since the early days. Here's the other main thing is that I take this break, this two-month break, every year, and I can see it coming, and I can anticipate it, and then it, by the t and I do something totally different, and then by the time the two-month break is done, I'm raring to go. And... That's got to be so helpful. Not just because it happens, but because I know it's going to happen. It's like, um, I think we're happiest in life when we're on journeys. You know, and you can say, oh, well, I'm, I'm heading to this place. And then you get to this place and maybe it's been hard, but there's always that sense of like, I got here. Yes. You know, and like that celebration, and then, and then you decide what your next journey is going to be. Maybe you know, but you know, even a journey that's broken up by departures and arrivals, uh, 
is has that sense of cadence and rhythm and celebration over milestones. And I think when you just have a hobby that you're pursuing, it it often lacks that. You know, I, I used to work on sailing ships, as basically all of you must know. And I've recently come across this really beautiful Instagram account called Women and the Wind, which uh, is the account of these three women sailing across the Atlantic on this boat. And uh, for me, it actually has less to do with the fact that there's three women. I think that would be a big sell for a lot of people. But for me, it's that uh, one of these women, particularly the one who owns the boat, has the life that I thought I would have. Um, we, we would have come up to it from very different places. I came, I thought I was going to eventually find a sailboat, like a wooden sailboat, and live on it after working on sailing ships for many years, and sail around the world and write. And I met Cecilia instead and decided to go that route with my life. But, um, but this woman, Kiana, uh, she came to it much more from a kind of like a, uh, a place of inexperience, but knowing it's what she wanted. And then getting very lucky with her boat not sinking until she had learned enough to repair it to a state where it was safe. But it's a, it's a super interesting boat. It's a, called a Warham Catamaran, W-H-A-R-R-A-M, named after the designer of these plywood catamarans in the 60s, 70s, 50s, I think, 50s to 70s who pioneered this, essentially this style of catamaran. But her boat is even more different than the way that warm catamarans are different from other boats in that it's partly due to her influence with the, uh, this other uh, Swiss sailor who built a Polynesian outrigger canoe and partly due to just her lack of money you know, when she needs a new mast, she, she scrounges a telephone pole. When she needs a new boom, she goes out into the woods in St. Augustine, Florida, and cuts down a tree and slaps that on without even removing the bark. When she needs a, a boom jaws, right, this thing that sort of goes from the boom and sort of around the, the mast, but open in the front, they, they went and found another tree that had this branch crotch. It looks very much like what I enjoy about green woodworking, right? And also I think this this aesthetic of kind of, well, as she put it, I can modify my boat indefinitely and I can repair it with trash. And I love that. <clears throat> That's exactly what I want out of life. And so I've been going on this deep dive of this boat, frankly, and, and how cool it is and being inspired, seeing the alignments between choices that she's made in how things are done on the boat and how I do my life. And um, it's, you know, it's unlike anything else I've come across. And it's really, it reminds me that what I liked about sailing ships and sailboats was never the kind of the yacht thing, the like everything is perfect, everything has its place, everything is designed within an inch of its life. I fell in love with the workboat aspect, 
where, you know, if something broke, you could fix it with some string and a chunk of wood. That's what I love. And that's what I've frankly carried forward into my own life. <clears throat> but reading about this boat and these women on this trip has me thinking also about how You know, the beautiful thing about sailing on a boat is that you depart, you have your journey, which can have different phases, and then you arrive. And you almost invariably go through some suffering on the journey, right? Bad weather, you're seasick, some catastrophe happens, you're scared, uh, you're exhausted, right? Like, you go through some hardship, but you can see that you might not know how long it's going to take you to get to your destination because, hey, it's a sailboat, but that's kind of applicable to the life on land also. But there's also this moment when you arrive, and the celebration of that moment is really something wonderful. It doesn't mean you're popping champagne when you pull up to the, the dock or drop your anchor, but there is this sense of having accomplished this thing, which I think speaks again to, to the idea of burnout and how important it is to have a beginning and an end to a thing, even if it's just a season, right? Like, even if I don't have some larger journey that I'm on that spans the years, Seasonally, I have this season. Here I am, I'm on it. And then the season wraps up and I can celebrate that fact. And then the Christmas tree season starts and then that season wraps up and then I start the next carving season. And it's a really beautiful thing. Now I often think that burnout happens for many people in uh, sort of the, just past the midway point of whatever season you're on. So even if you have seasons, you're not necessarily immune to burnout. When I used to farm, there's a traditional July burnout, right? Where it's like spring planting is super intense. Then you roll right into harvesting. July, it's like crazy intense, but you're not near enough to the end to really see to really see that you're going to make it. And unlike a, being in a sailboat in the middle of an ocean, where you have no choice, you just have to persevere, when you're working a regular job, even if it's working on a farm or something unusual like that, and you're feeling burnt out, you can always make a change. And indeed, you probably should. Because far better to make a change than to go through the kind of collapse that burnout implies. Um, and I, I think that when you're facing burnout, one of the most important things is to start making changes small and early. Yo, dogs! Yo!
Well, start making those changes small and early so that you um, so that you can really try and get on top of it with as little disruption to the original plan as possible. Right? A stitch in time saves nine. That sort of thing is true, not just for rips and cloth, but also in terms of your own mental health. So, you know, I've been known to take an hour, sit down and watch a movie if I was feeling burnt out. You know, you got to pay attention to yourself. And sometimes you feel, you know, so burnt out that you feel sick to your stomach. And sometimes you have no choice and you just need to push through that. And if that's you, great. But sometimes... You need to go to bed early. You need to call in sick. You know, pay attention. And then make sure that you're aligning all of your habits so that you're not relying on the sort of... You're not mm, letting down other people through failing to manage your situation. So if that means... Willow, cross the road. Cross. Cross the road. Let's go. Um, that means you need to make sure that your habits are dialed in. Because if you're burning out, probably several things are out of alignment. Willow, come on. And it's incumbent upon you to make sure that you're Doing all the little things that will help keep you from feeling that way. Willa, in the truck, now. Let's go. Stop goosing around. Thank you. All right, guys, I got to go start my work day. Thank you for listening. Talk tomorrow.